listening to the Crosscheck NHL Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Welcome to the Crosscheck NHL Show. I am Andrew Berkshire from the SDPN and Game Over Montreal, which is expanding, by the way. Go to sdpn.ca slash careers to apply for Toronto, Vancouver, Winnipeg, or Edmonton. And I'm here with my lovely co-host, Mary Clark from For the Win. We've got a great show for you today. We've got uh, some ridiculous broadcasting stupidity from the Coyotes. Well, not the Coyotes team, but the Coyotes broadcasting team. Uh, going after Trevor Zagris and how uh, that has not been very well received online so far. I don't know how how it's gone offline because, you know, it's still pandemic time. And we're not going to bars and chatting hockey very much. And then we've got uh, Keith Yandel, whose Ironman streak has officially been broken by the Philadelphia Flyers choosing him to sit him for a game. Is this a big thing? Is it not a big thing? Mary and I will talk about it. And then Austin Matthews is running away with the Hart Trophy despite what people will have you thinking in Edmonton. There was a column written today about how Dreisaitl is a better player than Austin Matthews. Uh, no. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to get on with the show now. <laughs> but before we do, uh, Mary Clark, how was your weekend? My weekend was good. Um, hung out with my friends virtually. Uh, we watched, uh, we do movies or something every week. So either, you know, we watch movies and we'll also, we've been watching like TV uh, and stuff together. Um, but we watched Parasite, which I had seen already, but have you seen the movie? Such a good movie. Okay, good. Cause yeah, I watched it uh, when I was living in Chicago for a previous job. Uh, right, like right after it had, you know, won its awards and stuff like that. I was like, okay, I got to see this. Um it was great watching it, knowing what happened, so I wasn't stressed. It was great <laughs> listening to my friends be stressed about it, because I was like, oh, this is great. I know what happens. Because <laughs> the first time I watched it, I was stressed out of my mind. I had to, like, pause it a couple times to, like, take, like, a breather and be like, oh, man, I can't. Oh, my God. So, yes, definitely watch Parasite if you haven't. I know this is not the pop culture segment, but uh, other than that, my weekend was good. Um, I took Luna to the vet, my cat Luna, to the vet. Um uh today which is monday uh for her first ever checkup since i got her a little bit uh over a year ago now uh and she did fine she wasn't happy but she did it no (laughs) she she wasn't happy but she did it and that's all that matters so now she doesn't have to worry about getting put in a car and a little crate and just being sad uh and not happy at the vet for another year so she can rest easy now for for the year well that's good poor luna (laughs) <laughs> the doctor and the vet is never never a fun experience for those. They were that don't they're, really understand they were on. they were good though. Like the, the vet uh, is the place the same place I got her from, so it's like a animal shelter type thing. So they also have like a vet there. Um, but they're really good. They were great. And it was easy too. It was like in and out ten minutes, like perfect. So like she just had to suffer like ten minutes of discomfort, and then she was fine. And now she's just you know being a pest around my room but she got a whole bunch of treats so you know at the end of the day she's good yeah i mean our weekend was uh, pretty great dylan got to go to his first ever hockey yeah, game on the weekend, i saw that i fun. saw that yeah so he we took him over to the the pwhpa final uh, for their showcase that they had and it was really fun i was surprised that he was able to do it because he can't sit still very well still he's only four <laughs> years old but he made it through a game in two periods. We watched most of the the first game and then stayed for the final between Montreal and Minnesota. So it was it was good. He had a lot of fun. He really loved the Zambonis. About halfway through each period, he's like, "When's the Zamboni coming?" And we were sitting like right behind the bench, and he's like, "Zamboni, Zamboni!" And all the players were like, "What?" That's for the YouTube people. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> he had a lot of fun. We were the last people out of the arena because he needed to see the Zamboni one last time Aww. after the celebrations were over. So it was fun. And the Verdun Auditorium in not not far from us, honestly, where we live is really, really nice. It was this combination of like new renovations and old school seating where all the seats are like um, they're, they look like old park benches almost where they're like the wood okay. slats oh, okay. and they fold up so you can walk through easier. It's oh. a really cool setup. It was like a very old school barn. I, yeah, I, really I was going to say that sounds yeah, awesome. So. Nice to, you know, hang out with your, you know, family and do stuff like that. And it just seems like a really nice time. And, you know, it's nice. It's nice that, you know, we're able to go to like 
sporting events and stuff like that still like i mean i'll i will i won't be on the show next week because i will be on vacation i know you're probably going to announce that soonish andrew but i'm going on vacation next week and i'm going to san diego uh to visit family and we're going to a baseball game while we're there and it's just really nice to go to sporting events i had gone to a couple of baseball games like phillies games uh last year and just it, like i said I, it, it's it's just nice to go with family and you know enjoy or you know see you know your little your your kid do cute stuff and have fun with the zamboni and it's just uh sports are good andrew even though they are even though uh sometimes uh the opinions are bad yes great segue mary you're doing mm -hmm. my job uh yeah okay so trevor zegris scores another michigan goal absolutely gorgeous he's just crushing it and mm -hmm. clearly the arizona coyotes are not happy about it uh tyson nash is it was tyson nash right I believe so. I'm blanking on it. Yeah, that's the name. Mm -hmm. uh, it the was broadcast. just kind of, he, he was clearly upset. He's a former goon, right? <laughs> and he was railing against that. And then at the end of the game, Zegris, it's 5 nothing. He pokes at the goalie a little bit, as they say. Here's the thing, though. The puck was loose. The puck was loose. And Jay Beagle cross-checks him in the back in a way that is extremely violent. And then Troy Terry comes, gloves on, by the way, just to try to push Beagle away from Zagris. And Beagle goes crazy and beats the tar out of Troy Terry, who, from the replay that I saw, never actually got his gloves off. Mm -hmm. like, so it wasn't a fight. And Troy Terry is all beat up. It looks like he broke his orbital bone. His yeah, eyes are like, swollen shut. Yeah, there was like a picture of him like bloodied and with like, you know. Yeah, eyeball and, like all the all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, he looked like Rocky, mm -hmm. right from the old Rocky movies. And Tyson Nash is going off on the broadcast and like, if that's what you want to, this is what you get when you try to like, what did he call it specifically? He was like, do like uh, outskilling an opponent or something like that. Something like that. Oh, you want to skill it up? You want to skill? Yeah, it up. there we go. There. It was like a very weird turn of phrase. Yeah, for the that. exact quote is, "That's the problem with these young players. You want to embarrass guys. You want to skill it up. You better be prepared to get punched in the mouth." Here's the thing. The only person who should be embarrassed is Jay Beagle mm -hmm. to react that way. Here's like your team is a joke. Your team is trying to lose from the management perspective. And I get that that's frustrating as a guy who has played in the playoffs before and probably wants to have success in the NHL. But Trevor Zegras isn't doing these things to embarrass opponents. He does them because in it, because he can do them, he can score other guy, goals that other guys cannot score. Mm -hmm. He's trying to score goals. He's trying to make his team better. What you're doing isn't that. That is intimidation. That is outside of the rules garbage, and it needs to get out of the game. And the fact that Tyson Nash is a broadcaster is kind of, you know, the problem with hockey culture. Mm -hmm. A lot of these former players who go into the media, frankly, to put it mildly, are meatheads. Mm hmm and I know you have uh, some things to say about this as well, Mary. Before we get into it, we'll also say uh, Tyson Nash had the opportunity to talk about this with Craig Morgan to kind of like walk back his statements or like clarify what he meant. And he just doubled down. He said he should have said hot dogging instead of uh, skilling it up because he didn't want to come off as being anti-skill. Hot dogging to me is like if Zegras scores the 5 nothing goal, and then he goes by the Coyotes bench and like whoops it up in front of them and like mm -hmm. gives them the finger or, you know, mm -hmm. like the cheering in their faces kind of thing. None of that happened. The celebration for Zegris's goal was very muted. And he was like, oh, they shouldn't have been like all smiling. They scored a goal, man. <laughs> yeah, they scored a goal. I think it was a three nothing goal in the first period. And then yeah. the Jay Beagle incident was in the third. So by that time, it was five nothing. So. It's like, what do we want this sport to be? Yes, exactly. You know, like, do we really want to have a sport that the functioning code of the sport is to punish people for being better, for being happy that they accomplish something? Like, we talk about all the time about what, hold, what holds hockey back from growing at the same rate as the other four North American sports. I think this is such a big part of it. This idea that if you're winning, you better shut up and not not dare celebrate or the child minds on the other team will have to physically assault you. 
to, to stop you from being happy because that's not the professional way. Like, man, can't we just have fun? Yeah. In yeah. this sport? Like, are we really so against having fun? Seems like it. I mean, we we did the same song and dance when John Tortorella did the had a similar uh, comment about Zegers uh, pulling off the lacrosse goal or the Michigan, uh, however you want to call it. Um, and it's it it's a shame. A lot of prominent voices. I mean, who knows how many people are watching the Arizona Coyotes broadcast uh, in terms of just like people like people are probably pe more people probably heard the you know tortorella quotes because i believe it was on espn i think um yeah and this was you know on an arizona coyotes broadcast on like a weekend night well, sure but like again people like, saw it on social media than on the yeah i was gonna say sure. more people saw it on social media because it went viral really quickly um but like it is it's just a shame that we're here because we should be celebrating this type of skill instead of trying to tamper it down. Um, there hasn't been any player in the NHL can do that can do the moves that Zegers does. Um, Ever? You know, I mean, you had <laughs> um, who who is it on the Hurricanes? Is it Sveshnikov on the Hurricanes who has done multiple uh, lacrosse goals? But I think they were like he's he hasn't. I want to say he's done it in multiple times in the season, but like Zegers is having more success doing it. He like, you know, this is the thing he's becoming known for. He didn't, you know, bring it to the NHL, but the one uh, he's he pulling it off Montreal. with regularity. Yeah. The one that he did against Montreal, I've never seen anybody do. Mm. Like the thing that separates Zegers for me is most people who do the Michigan do it like standing. If you know mm -hmm. what I mean, like they stop behind the net and then they like pick up the puck and flute. The way that he is able to do it in stride, mm -hmm. like yeah, and not the, only the, that, the kid has the the silkiest mitts I've ever seen. Yeah, and not only that, I, he had to get around Sonny Milano, who was in front of the net. Milano, like <laughs> that's you, the you best part watch, of the whole thing. Yeah, you need to if you haven't seen the goal, you should. I missed it originally because it happened, I think Saturday or something like that, and I was knee deep in the middle of watching Parasite with my friends. Uh, so sorry, but I did catch it later. And the funniest part, besides it being an incredible skill play, is Sonny Milano having to like squeeze himself like oh. right next to the right next to the uh, the um, uh, the pipe. The basically. Yeah. And and like so uh, Zegers could get the get the puck in around him. I mean, he's just doing incredible stuff. And how old is he? Like he's early 20s. He has to be like like this is. Uh, it's just incredible he's what we're witnessing. He's the same age as Cole Caulfield, so he's 21. He just turned yeah. 21 just turned like 15 21. days ago. Wow. Yeah, I mean, this is what the future of the NHL should be. Uh, I know some people may not be fans of the lacrosse goal itself. Like, you know, some people just kind of get not desensitized to it because that, you know, is more of a negative context. But you've seen it once and you're like, okay, that was cool. And then... It's like outdoor games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but... This this type of stuff is going to innovate, like you know, the game of hockey. We're like now it's you know the Michigan or the lacrosse goal. What will it be in a year from now? Two years from now? Uh, I mean, we already saw Zegers was a part of that really awesome like alley oop play over the net, um, and that was really sick. Like, sure, it the hockey isn't going to turn into that completely. You are still going to have your bread and butter, you know. Typical, typical guys. Your power forwards, your grinders. Yeah, it's just like, adding. Yeah, it's yeah, additive. But, yeah, and but this type of stuff is great for the game of hockey. It is it, that uh, like any goal Zegers scores like that is like highlight real catnip. You're gonna see that on ESPN. That's gonna be in like the top ten plays on Sports Center, uh, and that's the type of stuff that brings in viewers, new viewers, younger viewers. Um, and it is just a shame that people like John Tortorella um, or Tyson Nash are trying to tamper that out of the game because Zegers should be celebrated here, not scorned for his skill. Yeah. Uh, and I think he said after the game uh, that he called Jay Beagle's roughing up Troy Terry and, and beating him up in the way they did. He called it embarrassing. I don't have the full quote, but I saw that uh, Zegers was... Um, you know, outspoken on that regard. I have no idea if he has responded since to the, like, you know, if somebody in the media brought up that broadcaster's quote to him, but he at least, you know, is outspoken about Beagle's response to it. So I think this is all good things. I mean, 
I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm 28. You were in your 30s, Andrew. I don't know your specific age, but like 35. You know. Okay. So the 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 young kids. Uh, when I guess Zegers can count because he feels like you know a full generation away from me or you. Um, like they're not taking any nonsense. It seems like you know they're doing things their way and they're loud and proud about it. And that's the kind of stuff I think we want. Um, for the game of hockey, and it is just a shame that. Uh, people feel threatened basically like they're like I don't know if it's their livelihoods or the way you know they is you know you said that I I think we talked uh, off pod that you said Nash was a former grinder himself like he was a like he used to play I would and, say like a goon yeah. yeah all right there you go uh I was trying to figure out the word um yeah but you know maybe he feels threatened by that style of play like you know it flies in the face of everything he knew about playing hockey and that just shows how close-minded a lot of people are in hockey and that's one of the biggest problems with hockey cultures we're not open-minded enough um and it's just like i said i keep saying it's it's just a shame uh but i hope zegers doesn't let it get to him and he continues to be an incredible player that is innovating uh at the highest level of this sport and we need more players like him in the nhl we're still gonna get like like i said this is and this is adding on to the sport of hockey. The sport of hockey, as you know, it isn't going to like change fundamentally, but stuff like this is important to have in the game. And it's just, it's really exciting. And he brings a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of fans uh, to the game. And why not? He's an incredible player. And it's just, I don't know. It it's, it, you're right. It, it all circles back to hockey culture and you know how that, is a big detriment to the sport, but we've had conversations on that. And it's just, it is a depressing spiral to go down the hockey culture, you know, train of thought because, you know, it permutates everything about the sport. Yeah, it does. And, you know, I have to say as much as I will always be a little bit bitter towards Zagris for completely dominating the world juniors and robbing Canada <laughs> of, a, of a gold medal. Uh, the last time that the juniors were actually played because this year got canceled. Mm-hmm. God, he was incredible in that tournament friggin' incredible in that tournament and just as incredible in the NHL. But I respect him so much as a 20 year old for going out there and lambasting an NHL veteran rightly for yes. garbage behavior because most kids would not yeah. do that. They just would not do that. And I have to think like he also feels secure enough to do that within the Anaheim Ducks organization. So that has to come down to the leadership in that organization, letting him have a voice because if they were a very old school organization that didn't allow that. I feel like he would not be have made not have been made available after that game to speak to the media. So that is big for me. Like as somebody who would be a fan of Trevor Zegris, that or Zegris, how, how do you pronounce it in the States? Zegris. Well, I, I assume the way you pronounce it is because Zed. <laughs> yeah. Canadian Z's. I've heard it. Zegris. Yeah. But I, I've never corrected you because I figured it was a Canadianism, and you know, uh, who am I to say no, no, that we'll, your Canadianism we'll, is wrong? We'll do it your way, but I'm always going to pronounce Zach Parise as Zach Parise, no matter how many times he says it's Parise. We know your dad. Oh, no, Zach. no, no, no. I, 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 I'm on the same page. JP Parise. <laughs> it's Parise. It's it, yeah. I at least we're in agreement on that one. But a hundred percent. All right. Yeah. I've, I just I just really respect uh, Zegris yeah. in this whole situation. I I'm really impressed by his his candor and frankly his leadership in that situation in a game that doesn't really mean much for either team. Although I know uh, Anaheim busted an eleven game goalless drought. That's the other thing. Or not goalless drought. Like win drought. We'll say losing streak. Eleven game losing streak. So the fact that gnashes on them for feeling happy damn it man this is the first time they've felt happy in like three weeks let them have it i understand your team lost but geez just let kids be happy let the sport be fun i i just don't think we're asking a lot mary i just don't we're we're not we 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 really aren't we've had a lot of you know pie in the sky asks in recent weeks from the nhl i think this is i think this is a baseline we can meet it's just the lowest bar we have to be met halfway here like by these exactly just let us have this one and you can keep doing the crappy officiating for a while longer (laughs) i don't know don't tell that to maple leafs fans i don't know no 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 no, they'll be very unhappy that's okay they're gonna lose in the first round anyway so it doesn't matter (laughs) All right, uh, that's all we're, we'll talk about for this. I think we've we've covered the bases here, but we got to tell you about Bet Online. 
your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships, odds, podcasts, and reviews all for the for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, next up, we got Keith Yandel, Mary. This is, I know, something that you're into because you're a Philadelphia Flyers fan, and he broke the streak with the Flyers, also broke the record with the Flyers. His Ironman streak ends at 989, and some people are upset that he won't get to 1,000. But the issue is Yandel is probably not an NHLer anymore just based on his play. And, you know, the Flyers are in a lost season, so they kept him in the lineup the whole time to help him break this streak. But at some point, I understand he's close, 11 games away from 1,000 straight games. But where does it end? Mary, how long do you have to keep him in the lineup just to do him a favor? I know this is like an NHL code no-no. And there was people upset with the league when uh, Cogliano got suspended when he had a long Ironman streak. But like, it's it's a nice thing to have. But if you're not good enough to play, that's another reason to not have the Ironman streak. You know what I mean? I think what we're missing here is he has the record now. A thousand yes. games is an arbitrary number. A thousand games it is, is an, an arbitrary, arbitrary number. number. Yes. It's sure. It looks nice. It would make me, you know, the little, you know, serotonin in my brain would probably feel better <laughs> if I saw the even round 1000 number, but he has the record, Andrew. He has the record and the Flyers played him through most of the season, but he won't have the record but he next won't, year. He, he was never Phil going Castle's to, he was it. never I going know. to. That's I the know. thing. He was never going to. Um, he was going to either retire this season or a team wasn't going to pick him up because he's not great. He has not deserved to have been in the Flyers lineup for months now, basically since the beginning of the season. But why did the Flyers keep him in the lineup? Because of the streak, Andrew. Because of the streak. Yeah. They kept him in because of the streak. They did him and a solid end. end. And where, where does, does it end? end? Exactly. I'm so glad we're on the same page here because I was very fearful because, you know, uh, this kind of divided <laughs> hockey Twitter. And I was yes, like, it did. Why are we getting so up in arms about Keith Yandel? He's probably, by all rights, probably a very nice dude. So I have nothing probably. against him. He I has heard he's very record. funny. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, I heard he's funny. I think, like, you know, he's friends with, like, some of the Flyers. Like, you know, he's been buddies with some of the Flyers players for, like, years, even before he's been on the team. Like, he probably adds a lot to a locker room presence. But this is a lost season for the Flyers. And I get, you know... There are some Flyers fans that are like, he should be in the lineup so the Flyers can embrace the tank. Keith Yandel isn't going sure. to make a difference, I don't think, one way or another. He's bad, don't get me wrong, but the whole team is bad. So, like, it really isn't going to make a difference whether, you know, his... Like, he, the Flyers aren't going to live or die on <laughs> Keith Yandel being in the lineup for however many minutes he's in there for. But I, I saw this divided hockey Twitter, but... The Flyers don't owe him anything. He has the record right now. Sure, he's going to lose it next season with Phil Kessel. But he was always going to lose it anyway. Um, yep. And a thousand games is just an arbitrary number here. It looks nice, but there's no, there's no like prize for getting to a thousand straight games. He has the record now. That is that is the prize. And, you know, every game he added to that would have added to the record more, but he's holding the record now. Like, I I don't know. People, I think, are just hung up on that 1,000 games number because, you know, I don't know. There wasn't going to be a ceremony if he hit 1,000 games. It's not like Claude Giroux hitting 1,000 games played, like, in his career. They're two different different levels. 1,000 games is just a, you know. It just looks nice, and I get it. It it might mean something to him personally, but he has the record. Like that's the big thing. That's the thing that should matter here. Is he currently has it, and he just by like all metrics. I don't I don't have it, but I've seen people like tweet his little card. Like they're bad. His metrics are bad. He's not deserved to have been in this lineup for months. Um, and the Flyers have a lot of young guys that they want to play. Like this is the grade a time for you to get your young kids some experience because you know they can get their nhl legs and then you can see how they are next year when they come into training camp and you know these games will maybe have acclimated them better to the league so i get what the flyers are doing here does 
does it not make a lot of sense in terms of like why now and why like why not earlier in the year but part of that is probably just because yeah part of that is because they let him get the record it this is always going to be a hot potato basically ever since the florida panthers uh tried to sit him and then the players revolted um because of the record and because of the streak he had this was always going to be a hot potato for some team to handle um and of course it was the flyers because this always happens to them uh they always have problems of their own making essentially um but i don't know i i feel for the guy sure in terms of like he won't like he didn't go out on his like on his own terms basically uh of like him ending his streak on the last game of the season and him retiring riding off into the sunset but he's not good, Andrew. He's not. He's not good. People who are, you know, saying like the Flyers stink for this have not watched sixty some games of Keith Yandel this season. I have watched sixty some games of Keith Yandel this season. It's not great. It's not. It's, it's not. enough. It's enough. It has been more than enough, and it's been more than enough for months now. And look, like I said, I have nothing against the guy. I really don't. Like, like we said, he's probably a really good dude. Um, it seems like he took it well, according to you know Mike Yo. Uh, the head coach or interim head coach of the Flyers. Because well, he's like got to know. Right? Yeah. I mean, like he, he's been on the ice while he's been on, like he sees himself <laughs> yeah. in the replay room. Like he knows that he's a league worst minus 39, which I know we don't talk about plus minus because it's a terrible statistic, but when you're the league worst, it's not a great thing. Yeah. He knows he, that I he's an he... offensive defenseman with 15 points in 67 games, one goal shooting 1%. Mm-hmm. What's like, he there for, Andrew? What, like, what, what's yeah, he there what's for out role? on the ice? Yeah, what's his role? There, he has no role. He has. If this was any other player not named Keith Yandel, if you took Keith Yandel's name and his games played out of the equation, he would have been sat games and games and games ago. Like yes. the He's Flyers, fourth lowest in the league in goals for percentage. Yeah, five on five, thirty-one point seven four percent. The only players worth are worse are Anders Anders Bork or Bjork. Uh, Christian Fisher and Andrew Cogliano, another Iron Man. <laughs> oh, hey! <laughs> it all circles back. Yeah. But... And yeah, no, let's see, in terms of expected goals for, let's see, he is sixth worst. Yeah. Players below him include Bjork again, Ryan Reeves, career goon, Alex Galchenyuk, Patrick Laine. <laughs> oh, jeez. Weird. <laughs> what a weird, what a weird person Fisher to be again. there. Yeah, I mean, not really. Line uh, A is just—he's not good defensively. We'll say no, that. It's just funny. It's just funny. That yeah, he's but, there, but the thing is, I, I think the summation here is that even if you're upset about it, you're upset for arbitrary reasons, and like I get that you don't want an Iron Man streak to be ended by a healthy scratch, but if the player is not performing to, to what you want them to be performing to, and you're in a season where you really could use the evaluation time. For your young players, how much should you hamper your organization for the sake of something that's completely arbitrary? It just it the Flyers can't be held hostage as an organization to a player's Iron Man streak. They yeah. let it go for sixty-seven games. Mm-hmm. They don't owe him anything. Like no, they, they don't. They he has the record that at the end of the day, this is all going to be moot once Phil Kessel passes him. No one is, I don't think yep. anybody is going to remember. Sure, Phil Kessel will pass him and then will also hit thousand, you know, street like thousand game mark. And you know, don't jinx will, it. That, okay, sorry. I, okay, sorry, <laughs> I won't jinx it, but you know, this will probably get talked about again. But you know, this isn't like this is all going to be moot because you know, Phil Kessel is go- going to break the record. I'm sorry. I feel like I can't say anymore because, uh, you know, uh, jinxing it. But my point still stands. I'm okay with this. It sucks for Yandel. Um, it probably doesn't look good for the Flyers uh, in terms of, like, hockey circles because, like, we talked about hockey culture, but there's nothing wrong that they did here. They're doing what they think is best for their organization. Um, like they said, they don't they don't owe him anything. It, he is a player just because he has played more games consecutively than anybody else in the league doesn't make him uh, special and no. and like doesn't doesn't guarantee him a spot on the roster. So no, he is he's been guaranteed a roster spot for a few seasons now where he hasn't been you know good enough 
to avoid a healthy scratch, we'll say. Like mm-hmm. he I'm pretty sure he was scratched in the playoffs when the Panthers. Oh yeah, made he it. played like he played like three of six games or something like that. Yeah, so like whether I mean you might not consider playoffs part of the Iron Man streak. I know technically the, the, the NHL, NHL doesn't, doesn't but so. yeah, but still like this is something that has happened before in the past anyway. They they owe him nothing. They they did everything they could have possibly owed him by allowing him to break the record. It's over now. He doesn't need to get to a thousand straight games. Hopefully Phil Kessel does. But that's that's it. All right. We're going to talk about the Hart Trophy in a second here. Uh, talking about Austin Matthews. But first, I got to tell you all about Rock Auto. I recently used Rock Auto to buy a washer fluid pump for my vehicle. Got a great price on it because uh, we were out in the rain the other day and I was well, not, not in the rain. Sorry. It had been after the rain. You know, after it rains, you get like that, like dirt on your windshield just settles mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. I tried to wipe that off with the, nothing came out. I was like, well, I know I filled up the washer fluid and uh washer fluid pumps gone. So I had to replace that. Got a great price on rockauto.com. This episode's brought to you by rock auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer. Choosing the only brand in their, their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. I did. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com So Austin Matthews is in the middle of his uh, first 50-goal season. He's finally hit the mark. Probably would have hit it the last two years if it wasn't for shortened seasons, but... Now he for sure has 51 goals in 63 games. Most by any player this year. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl has 50, but he's played a couple more games. He legitimately could break 60 goals. He'd be the first player since I think Steven Stamkos did it a long time ago. This is the highest scoring season, by the way, Mary, since 2005. Did you know that? I think I saw something about that. I just, I saw it and I'm, it may have crossed my timeline during uh, March Madness stuff last night. So I like saw it, was like, ooh, and then was like, oh, I got to work. So, <laughs> but yes, yes, that is kind of surprising to me. Um, just because weren't like, weren't like, you know, rates like at least even or like, I don't know. It, it just feels a bit surprising to me that, like, of all seasons, this is the year. But we've had a lot of re- goal scoring this year. So that that is a fact I cannot deny here. But it's a, yeah, it's I, an interesting one, nonetheless. It, it's really interesting. There's, I mean, it's Alan Walsh put it out there that it's the highest scoring season in 25 years, which is not exactly true because he was going back to 95, 96 because back then there's 3.14 goals per game. And 0506 is 3.08 goals per game. And this year is 3.12 goals per game. So it's higher than 0506 per game. But the difference is there's a lot more overtime right now. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of those goals are three on three goals. So if you go per 60 minutes, it's 2.89 goals per 60 minutes per oh. team. And 0506 is 2.92. So it's a small difference, but still. Goal scoring is going up. Goal scoring has been going up since 2016 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, save percentage has gone from a peak. Oh, no, further back. Sorry. Since 2015 16. Save percentage in league wide peaked at 915 on average in 2015 16. It's now down to 908, which is great for the game. Mm-hmm. Gives us a, a lot more scoring. But also, power plays are better than they've ever been. The average power play this year is clicking along at 21%. Average. Mm hmm. Like, I remember a top 10 power play back in, like, 2008 was, like, a 20% power play. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they're killers out there. Yeah, the but we don't want... We don't... 30% power play, Mary. We don't want what Trevor Zegras has, Andrew. Remember No, that. no, we don't want that. That's, we don't want that's that. awful. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, if it weren't for the messiness of the officiating, this w- and discipline, obviously, off-ice discipline, this would be a fantastic season. I feel like we're in the midst of a really... Great season, but we're just not talking about it because we have so much other garbage going on. And then that there's the and... fact that this is also where this season where they're scoring a ton, 
there's fewer power plays this season per game than any season in NHL history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I remember <laughs> having this discussion when we were talking event like before about the uh, about the officiating. I was also going to say the playoff races have been locked up for some time, at least in the East. The West is more interesting. This is but true. I think you know that has you know taken down the season a little bit in terms of like we've we've known the Eastern Conference playoff teams, but. We should talk about Austin Matthews, though. The yes. scoring scoring is up. Power plays, uh, he's like power plays, like the amount of power plays are down. But Austin Matthews has been an incredible player this year, and he seems oh to God, be running so away. Good. Seems to be running away with the heart. Uh, I know we talked like a month or so ago that like you know Shosturkin was uh, one of the big front runners, but he's he's fallen off recently. Or he's had an up and down handful of games uh, while you know Matthews has maintained and then you know started to continue to go up in his production. So uh, the tides just seem to be shifting in terms of the heart race, um, and I could very well like it, it feels like for me now Matthews is the front runner. Um, and oh yeah, so he's been in, absolutely incredible this year. Just a dominant force. Yeah, he's been absolutely dominant at both ends of the ice. I think that's what separates Matthews from his yeah. competitors at forward. Is like, yeah, Dreisaitl is putting up points at an even higher rate than Matthews, uh, around the same at even strength. McDavid is McDavid. I think he's still leading the league. He's got he's already got a hundred points. I think yeah. Dreisaitl might have a hundred now as well. I think but so. uh, like Matthews isn't going to put up the point production necessarily that Matthews will or that uh, that uh, McDavid will because he's more of a shooter less of a passer and you know Mitch Martin is great but he's also a playmaker and isn't going to score at the rate that either Dreisaitl or McDavid will like at the end of the day it's going to be Matthews handling the shooting and so his assist numbers are never going to be what McDavid or Dreisaitl will get because they have each other. They're just such a great they, symbiotic they relationship. Yeah, I was going to say they work so well together as a pair yeah. that like it it's is not to take away from them. Oh, no, no, right? no. That yeah. is it is one of the most dynamic duos we've seen. Probably the most Ever. dynamic. Yeah. I mean, like you you have incredible great duos. I mean, I think, you know, Crosby Malkin um, is like the big one I think of. But like there's been so many like incredible duos over the years, you know, that do a lot of stuff either on the same line or different lines, but pack a one-two punch. And uh, that's obviously not to take away from McDavid and Drysdale, but we know what they do well. And what they do so, so well above anything else is score goals and assist on goals and make plays together and make things happen for the Oilers. But their defense isn't as high. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's not as high. It's not as great as Austin Matthews. And it's really something that a player like Matthews with the skill he has on offense can be really great on defense too. Like that is, you don't often see players that are that good on both ends of the ice and doing it at such a high level in the way Matthews has been doing it. So yeah, Matthews is when you watch him, I think one of the things that stands out is like everybody knows that he's an amazing shooter, right? When you watch him closely, he's so strong. Like he's mm-hmm. so strong on the puck, and this is something that's been a, a, the case since he was a rookie. I remember looking at his like underlying metrics using microstat data when he was a rookie, and he was like second or third in the entire league in loose puck recoveries, which is essentially a a better way to measure like puck battles. Right? You can look at individual puck battles, but you also have to look at who's getting there first, because sometimes it could be a puck battle, but you just beat out your opponent to the puck. Right. Or you just shield it off. They never get a chance to battle. And Patrice Bergeron is the master of puck battles. Is Patrice Bergeron the fastest player in the league? And that's why he's always getting to the puck first. No, he's smarter. He knows where the puck's going and he takes better angles to the puck. He anticipates and he knows players. He knows what route they're going to take. He gets in the way. Matthews has that and he's even stronger. And it's really cool to me to see that he always had the underlying numbers showing that he was an excellent defensive player, but his defensive results never really kept up with that. This year they are. He has, I think, the sixth best defensive impact of any forward this year. It's incredible. Like, I like Igor Shosturkin, but remember when we talked about it last time, Mary, my question was, is Igor Shosturkin having the best season since Hashik, or is he having a really hot streak and he hasn't played that many games? He's now played in 46 games. Since the last time we talked about him, his save percentage has gone down by 10%. Now, that's sounds like a ton, 
but he was at 943. Yeah, he was already at a ridiculous number. Yeah, he's at 933 right now. And remember, Carey Price won the heart with a 933 back in, I I believe, it was 2014. Mm -hmm. And that the difference between Price and Shesterkin is that when Price won the heart, he played like, oh, maybe it was, no, it was 2015. He played 66 games. Shesterkin will probably play like 52 53? I mean, that's, I think, a more change in the landscape of the NHL. You don't see goaltenders often doing that. It's tougher for a goaltender to win the heart. To win the heart, unless unless you are so dominant. um, Yeah. That, that, I mean, Tristurkin has been great, but his, we've seen this. His recent performance is probably going to shift the momentum in Matthew's favor. We see this a lot with, like, you know, in previous, you know, awards years or heart voting years. Uh, you know, more recent performances closer to the end of the season, closer to when, you know, the, the people vote on the awards uh, will influence, rightly or wrongly, will influence people's decisions. That's just that's just how it works. Um, I still think he's probably a shoe in for the Vesna um, just because, yes. you know, like, I don't know who else is close to him. I, I, I don't know the like, I don't know the list in front of me, but like. Yeah, he's probably still shooing for the Vesna, but this feels like Matthews is running away with it now, and deservedly so. Like, I, I don't think like if you asked me a month ago, I'd been fine with either one of them. Now it's probably like Matthews deserves it just a bit more. But Justerkin's having a really great season. Like, there's nothing wrong with, you know, uh, losing the Hart Trophy to a player like Austin Matthews here. Like, no, like no, no. everybody here is a deserving candidate to be in the conversation. I think um, it is just like. Matthews is having such a dominant year that like and it's not just offensively but defensively like that's a big thing for people is that you know like players like Alex Ovechkin we know what they're good at we know they do one thing so so well that you know you can ignore the other blemishes in their game because they're fantastic at that one thing and maybe the best in the league at that one thing but Matthews, for being such a talented player offensively, also to have the talent to be one of the best six defensive forwards in the league this year, that's saying something for what kind of yeah. caliber of a player he is. Um, yeah. So I would not be surprised if he is your Hart Trophy winner at the end of the season because just what a year, especially if he hits 60, because uh, it is very doable. They've got like less than 20 games now, I think, left on the season, and He's at nine goals away. That's so doable for him. It feels like it really. I is. mean, it, who knows if you know they might rest him before the the playoffs? But you know, still, like he, I think he's gonna hit it. I really think he's gonna hit sixty. He seems determined to. I mean, yeah. he, he talks about it like he doesn't care, but I they mean, care. The guy they just, care. He's he's scoring like distilled into a person. Yeah, <laughs> like, he is such a goal scorer. Uh, and to answer your question from earlier, Mary, the closest to Shesterkin and save percentage is Freddie Anderson, who's got a 928 in 47 games to Shesterkin's 46. It's weird. Like, you can see the change in the league, right? Because after that's Ilya Sorokin in 43 games. Yeah. And then Darcy I mean... Kemper in 48 games. And I'm shocked that Darcy Kemper is this high because his beginning of the season, he was garbage. Yeah. He was garbage for like two months and the Avalanche were just like yeah, scraping and by, then they, and then outplaying they people and getting scored on. Yeah, he's been great. So that's a good thing for them going into the playoffs. And then yeah. after that, a dark horse, I think, Jacob Markstrom. He's played 54 oh, yeah. games. He has a 924 and nine shutouts. Yeah, he'll probably be. I can see him get the, a nomination. Yeah, I think he might be, you know, that third nomination. So, like, yeah, it is. It's probably going to be Shusterkin, Anderson, uh, Markstrom. If I had to guess, that's probably yeah. the ballad you would put together. Some people may, you know, take points off of Anderson for playing behind uh, Carolina's incredible yes, I would, defense. <laughs> so, <laughs> having watched Carolina a few times in the last couple of weeks. I don't think a lot of that is Freddie Anderson. I saw him shut out the Canadians last week, mm-hmm. and I don't think he faced a single challenging shot in the entire game. They mm-hmm. are incredible. Yeah, but it the, the NHL trends really are like you you do get some players like Markstrom that may be the exception uh, and may hit sixty games, but yes, it is it is now it now is like a, a more of a platoon system basically. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, you obviously you have your, kind of yeah, you have your starter, but like you are for how long the, of the season it is and how long of a grind it is um, and how good shooters are and how like, like, you know, this all compounds into one another. It all, it all makes sense. At least in my head, it makes sense as to why goalies are playing less, like fewer games here because like offense is high. Uh, the shooters are getting better, um, but goaltender hey, that... interference never gets called anymore. Yeah, so like, you, you, <laughs> you, there's there's a lot of factors at play here, but it makes sense. Uh, but still, what incredible seasons those two are having! But Matthews especially is just, I think, blown a lot of people out of the water because, like, I I didn't know he could be this good. Like, I mean, he's an incredible player. I knew he was going to be an incredible player, but this just feels like another level for him. So, and I didn't know that that was a level he could reach. So. Props to him. Yeah, he's been great. Yeah. Yeah. Austin Matthews at this point, definitely the guy who's going to win the Hart Trophy. But we're about to talk about our pop culture segment, see what we've been into over the last little stretch here. But before we do that, i got to tell you about Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New, Year, New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a, re- a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included, 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bars with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new to this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It'll be delicious, and it'll be good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They'll make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com and use code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Mary, we got uh, some pop culture talk on the... uh, on the go here. I'll be honest. I did not watch much pop culture this weekend. <laughs> I continued to watch uh, Reservation Dogs, which is incredibly endearing. And it started off mostly funny and has gotten it got suddenly serious towards the end of the season. Uh, came a little became a little bit tear jerky and it was uh, it was great. I really enjoyed it. But uh, that that's really all I got to this weekend. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. I've been doing similar things, still playing Elden Ring. I've got about like close to 70 hours into it. Uh, I've I've been trying to take my time with it because uh, games in like the like that from software the developer put out have very oppressive atmospheres. Uh, They're difficult games in terms of just like they're they're punishing games so like you know i've been trying to take them just like chunking through it like a couple of hours or like an hour or so each day um just you know make progress uh and i'm i'm more than halfway through the game at this point like um it's just like i'm trying to take my time as to not like you know hit a wall um because like this game is open world so like if you get stuck somewhere you can go somewhere else or you can ignore it completely a lot of stuff in this game is optional um so i've been doing that um i've been recently getting back into final fantasy 14 because there's going to be a new like story patch not an expansion just like something to progress the story with new content uh next week uh so uh, i haven't played in a couple months it's like i should probably remember how to play this game uh and the other thing is uh i had said my friends and i have been watching uh, movies together um, over the weekends. Um, like we get together in a Discord call and watch it like somebody streams it and we watch it through Discord, basically. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we watched Parasite, like I said. Uh, but we've also been doing, like a couple of my friends and I have been doing watching like like shows and stuff together. So um, we watched the second season of Demon Slayer, which is an anime, and we finished that and it was really good. 
uh great it's a great show it's you know one of the more popular animes out there and for good reasons got a fun story interesting story incredible like animation incredible fight scenes um it was a great season overall i really enjoyed it it's nice to like you know be on a call with my friends watching it because usually i would watch stuff by myself but like we used to do movie nights and stuff before the pandemic before i moved away to chicago for my previous job we would do uh, movie nights like every week or every other week um we would just hang out and watch a movie uh so it's been nice to be able to replicate that even though it'd be nice to be in person a, lo- a couple of our friends have moved uh to a different state so uh, we can't get us all together so at least you know we can replicate some of that by just you know hanging out um uh, virtually and watching it together and having a good time so uh it's been nice to add that into my like weekly routine because it's something i look forward to now um it's just been it's just been fun it's you know great to talk to my friends and uh for a little bit in the pandemic like we didn't talk a lot because we were all dealing with a lot of stuff as you can probably attest to andrew the pandemic has been difficult for all of us in different ways um probably some of like friendships and stuff like that um probably took a backseat to maintaining your own mental health as best you could uh so it's been nice to be talking with them more recently over the last like six months or whatever however long it's been so i don't know uh, not a lot for me in terms of pop culture other than i'm doing the things i usually do but now i'm doing some of them with friends like even like i've been streaming elden ring for some of them too like i'll i have you know it connected like my twitch connected to my playstation uh so i could just stream on twitch and then pop the link in discord and i'll sit on a voice call together so it's just been fun doing more things interactively with them so hoping that continues once i'm finished elden ring so yeah that, that's really all i have in terms of pop culture um continuing to do stuff i normally do but i am looking forward to going away on vacation uh next mm. week i have no idea who you've got planned to replace me but uh, I'm excited to listen while I'm sitting on a beach on the West Coast, uh, not caring about <laughs> hockey in the slightest because I will have deserved this break 10 times over. Yes, absolutely. All right. Uh, that's all we've got for you this week on the Crosscheck NHL show. Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen every Tuesday and Friday when this show comes out. But next, make your second listen. Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy hockey league. It's free. And available wherever you get your podcasts.